How aligned is your culture? Do you feel like everyone's on the same page? Or are microcultures across different teams developing? And is that even a bad thing? How important is an aligned culture to success? This is the Culture Clinic, where my co-founder, Skay and I are relentlessly learning from HR experts on how to build a culture where people love to work. My name is Joe, I'm the co-founder here at Gusto, and today we are joined by Quasi Thomas, uh, an HR expert in rewards and recognition. Uh, Quasi, hope uh, we can align on this week's topic. Hey Joe. This week's topic, cultural alignment. Why does it matter? To kick things off here, here Quasi, have you ever felt like you just weren't a good match for a company's culture? Yeah, once in my career for sure. Uh working at a financial institution after having been in high tech for almost all my career. And it was just a very different pace, different way of working, different way of communicating. Uh, I struggled quite a bit at it. And so what did uh, what did that feel like to sort of have a cultural misalignment? For me, it felt um, forced or out of place. So I think I was trying, forcing myself to try to adapt to something that I was, um, I was struggling with. I probably felt a little bit fake, to be honest with you, because I was, you know, trying to be what others were around me. And so I was, you know, um, probably not fake probably the right word. And then I'd think unfulfilled. I went home very tired. I went home like it was draining, um, trying to fit into the culture. Um, it wasn't that I was a bad culture, just it was different, right? Yeah, I think about uh, feeling like you're sort of like cut from a different cloth, like you're outside looking in, sort of like, these are not my people. And not that there's anything wrong with those people, uh, but just this sense that you don't belong. Like, did did you have that feeling when you were there? Yeah, very, very much so. Um, uh, I think I, you know, I could adopt, swim, swim with them. But I, at the same time, it, I felt like it was, you know, fake or impostering to what I felt natural for me. Um, quite frankly, you know, from high tech, and I'll give you a still silly small example. And I was in high tech for... 14 years before this, call it about that. And so when I went there, I had to, I bought a whole closet of suits and shirts and ties and dress shoes, right? Nothing wrong with that, but I hadn't done that in years. Um, I was also then adapting to driving into the city an hour and a half, like really doing the rap, like the downtown go train suit briefcase, no longer t-shirt and a backpack and off to my high tech company. And so it wasn't just, you know, the whole thing was a big adjustment. Um, uh, for me, even just in that, what I just described to the way we worked, you know, there were a lot of more procedures, right? There was a lot more, you know, you, you had a lot more meetings to plan about a meeting, to pass on a document, to get a review document that I thought in my other cultures, the pace was just different, right? Quasi, in reflection, do you think that there are some things that you could have done differently through the interview and hiring process to sort of, you know, sniff out that misalignment or... Was that really on, you know, the company to do things differently to sort of identify that maybe uh, it wasn't going to be a great cultural fit? You know, I for me, I'd probably take most of that um, responsibility on, on myself. I probably should have asked different questions. I probably should have, you know, looked under the hood a little bit more than I did. Um, there's this tendency when you're trying to get a job to just sort of want to just do the interview and get a yes, as opposed to say, hold on, you know, can I come in and see this? Can I, how do you do that? You know? Um, which I've learned throughout, like after that experience. So I think so, a lot of it, I think on me to just sniff out more. And for the company, I just thought the company didn't hide anything. I do think they, you know, they may have, you know, 
wanting to wanted to adopt sort of more modern vibe than they probably are ready for, as a lot of the, a lot of large companies are trying to do these days. But I still think it's, it's it was largely on me. I could I could have asked more. Um, and so, what do you think uh, some of the dangers are of an unaligned culture? Honestly, it, it, for me, and this is that sort of the, at the macro level, an unaligned culture you're gonna have a very hard time getting the most out of people. And so you'll be able to get them to do the to do the job. You'll get them to do the you know turn the wheels that they're supposed to turn. But if you're looking for the, them to you know move the needle, to advance things, to improve things, to change things for the better, alignment creates that ability for those people to work together, to work efficiently, to them to see those opportunities. Um, not say it can't happen when it's unaligned, but I think to me, you know, all of the trains run smoother and faster when they're aligned. Mm-hmm. And what part, if any, do you think that core values play at aligning culture? See, when done right, they can be huge, right? I think core values, when they are, when they're not just four word, no, four words or four statements or whatever, five, whatever they are, that you say, but they're actually lived out in the culture. Where if you've got open, and, let's say you have open and transparent or open in there as one of your cultural values. When you actually live that out and talk to people about how things are progressing or talk to people about how we are not making sales or revenues low or whatever, it's when you're really truly aligned to some of those values and it, and it bleeds through the company, it really can create that alignment on whatever those those values are. I picked that one because I've had you know good examples in my past where I you know wasn't used to that. I was used to sort of things being kind of away in the dark and you got this big announcement and I went to a culture that was much more we're going to tell you everything all the time. You'll know exactly where things are, which can be scary to someone. I say that, but if that bleeds down from leader to you know everybody, it really can create some really cool opportunities um, if it's aligned. And so, further to that, how important do you think it is to sort of celebrate when people live those values um, as a way to you know further create alignment around those values and your culture? For me, I think the only time I've seen values really come to life is when they are celebrated. Because otherwise, how else do you get them to in people's habits, in their rituals, in their daily day, if they're not being you know praised for them or encouraged to do them, and also corrected when they're not doing the or it's not aligned. So I think for me that that encouragement or that recognition of the work, sorry, of doing work that aligns to the values. It's key to actually bring the values to life. Yeah. You know, I have the benefit of chatting with companies all the time and HR and people leaders, and you can really see the organizations that are leaning into their values versus those that it's just words on a wall. They're in an employee handbook. People start the new role. They read the handbook. And then, you know, values are never mentioned again. And the, the organizations that have really done a great job from my lens at you know, creating great culture and aligning culture around values are the ones that are finding ways to celebrate those values every single day and to highlight uh, the folks that are, you know, living and, and leading those those values. So um, highly impactful, in my opinion. I agree. Joe, it's one thing, one thing that you just said, I just want to expand on for a second. You've got to invest in that, though. You like, And I'm not just talking about do- dollars. You've got to have, you have people the time and sometimes the dollars to actually invest in bringing those values to, to, to life and encouraging them or celebrating them or potlucking them, whatever it is, it can't just be we're going to repeat them in the, every meeting or just repeat them at quarterly meeting. And that's how they're going to get into the, into the team. You've got to actually invest in the 
time, people, and sometimes money to do that. For sure. And I would wholly agree with that. Um, again, leaning into when I look at clients that are most successful at creating alignment around values, and also I'm going to weave in some recognition here. It's the companies that build forcing functions into sort of like their day-to-day and weekly operations around recognizing and celebrating the people who are living the values, right? Like it's, hey, every two weeks or every week at this department meeting, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to talk about, you know, some of the great things that people have done and how they've aligned to, to our values. It's like, it just creates this cadence and um, it starts to build the habit and starts to build the muscle around, you know, celebrating or recognizing um, those behaviors. So forcing functions, in my opinion, are, are highly effective. Okay, so can a good work culture develop without being actively shaped? Um, can it? Anything is possible, <laughs> likely to happen, not not as much, right? I think any, any good culture, you know, takes effort and some sort of strategy and some sort of focus to bring it to life. Um, if you add on the complexity of growth, it's for some of these companies, hyper growth, it really takes effort, time and strategy. It's not, it doesn't happen by accident. Um, uh, sometimes, you know, you're in a company that's 20, 30 people and that can try to sometimes bleed from the leader or the couple of people who are leading that company. You start to be a larger, you know, anything of 50 to 100 to thousands and you have to invest the time I've said talk, sorry, effort, time, and strategy to do it. Yeah, I mean, we believe that you can't leave culture to chance. Um, I think it's way too high risk, and you need to be intentional about developing culture. And it starts with core values, and in my opinion, building that into the hiring process, right? Like hiring or not hiring uh, with your core values in mind and you know our head of people Noah talks a lot about hiring for cultural addition rather than cultural fit uh, which is was interesting for me to understand at first you you know off the cuff think like hey will this person fit in culturally will they pass the beer test like would i want to go out for a beer with this person uh, but in fact you know Noah is a strong proponent in uh, hiring uh, for diversity bringing in new perspectives um, and with that, um, it helps to really sort of like round out and create a great culture. So an interesting per- perspective to sort of like hire for cultural addition versus cultural fit. Any thoughts on that? Um, agree with Noah. I, I think you, you know, is there an aspect of I've got to work with this person X hours, X number of hours per day? <laughs> yes. But that doesn't mean that you've got to be best buddies as well. You want to add people to the team who are going to build on the um, all the ideas and the, and the and the skill sets of the team, but also on the wholeness of the culture of the team. So I, I completely support that. Um, hard to do, you know, hard to hard to know if you're making the right choices. But um, uh, those who are good at it, when they when they can do that, they can build a team. You can get build a really strong team, right? Yes. And so, how long does cultural alignment generally take? And you know, when should you change strategies? Um, how long would it take? I don't think it ever, I don't think it ends. And that sounds like a really cheesy answer, but it's the truth. I think when it's going wrong, you need to change strategies straight up. If it's not working, if the team's not, if the values aren't the right values for your company, um, and the team's clearly not aligning. And sometimes we build these values off in a ivory tower somewhere that don't actually translate to what the people do and how they work or the people you've hired and built. 
So sometimes, you know, changing the strategy of how you try to bring those to life or changing them is important as, as, as necessary. But often um, it just needs more time and effort. It's, it means have you have, do you have enough forcing functions? Do you have enough celebration of it? Have you corrected those, have those behaviors that are counter to the values that you want, right? Are, are you holding people accountable to the negative and the positive of those, of those values, right? And so often uh, time, I don't think there's a timeline on it. I think there's a very short time that you allow it to go bad. If it's not working or if things are going the wrong way, you've got to correct things really quickly. If they're going the right way, you just got to keep investing in that to keep it going. And how do you know if the strategy is working or not? You start to, so if it's not working, um, you'll hear. The employees will tell you, the managers will tell you, you'll see the morale, you'll see attendance and participation in things start to drop. You'll start to hear, you know, things like, uh, I'm not, that's not part of my responsibility. Uh, it's not my role. Um, you know, that's that department. Let's sit back over there. I can't help you with that. Like, not that there isn't some healthy level of that that's happening with any job, but you'll start to know when that's the unhealthy level starts to happen. And so if you're paying attention to what your employees are saying, doing, how your managers are saying and doing, how the work is flowing, you'll know when it starts, when it starts going negative, right? How do you know it's working? Um, that's harder. <laughs> to be very frank, hopefully you're seeing more of the functioning, the forcing functions, um, happily without forcing. Hopefully you start to see participation and and uh, and people recognizing each other more often. Hopefully you're seeing other levers go the right way. Um, but sometimes it's very hard to see because there are, you know, you can always blame the, it's easy to blame what's not happening. Hard to figure out who to credit when things are going well. So <laughs> got to pay attention to whatever metrics or whatever indicators you've determined are important to you um, to measure your results. And if those are going the right way, great. If they start to go the wrong way, pay even more attention. Okay, and so how do you maintain cultural alignment while still being inclusive and making room for different personalities and voices? Yeah, I, there's always been this misconception that cultural alignment means more of the same. It's gotta be the same buddies, same people who are like the same things, like to do the same things. That's not correct. Uh, what you want are people who are interested in each other celebrate each other's successes and want to help each other succeed. And that doesn't have to look like the same thing. It doesn't have to be the same uh, interests, but they have to be able to come together and do that. And so for me, often you're looking at programmatically, you're looking at doing things that are inclusive. You're looking at doing things that allow people to bring their personality, to bring their cultures, to bring their different ideas to, to, to the table. And sometimes that might be they're out of, you know, not only out of place, but there's a there's a challenge with that because you might be doing something that's culturally specific, but make sure you're doing other things that are broader so that there are other ideas, cultures, that are coming to the table, right? Easier said than done, but I think, you know, a lot of HR professionals, we are getting really good at, at looking for opportunities that are broader and not so narrow in terms of one particular culture, one particular group. You know, I also, like many things, I think that leaders and managers set the tone, right? And so um, if there's sort of this culture or environment where leaders and managers encourage people to respectfully challenge ideas and bring, um, you know, bring a new lens on maybe an old thought process. And, you know, their reaction to that is one of encouragement and positivity. I think that that, you know, can bleed down throughout the organization. And if a manager or leader is, you know, doesn't like to be challenged and, you know, poo-poos people's ideas that, uh, you know, the impact can be, can be very negative. 
Um, okay, so thinking about HR, what are some of the things that the people team can do uh, to help align teams? One, support your managers. Like uh, the more you can enable your managers to understand what the values and culture that you're trying to build is and to give them the tools to encourage their teams and reward their teams for those behaviors, the better. A lot of times I think HR thinks it's on them to build the culture. And I'm going to say, it's, it, it, especially at larger organizations, it's impossible. For me, your, your, your job is to enable the leaders um, to do their jobs and help build and, and reinforce the culture. As an HR leader, you're, for me, you're looking at the corporate level to ensure that you've got some common values and ways of expressing those values that everyone understands, right? There will be some nuances in different departments, but what you want to try to make sure and do is that you're not allowing completely different cultures to be built in different areas, right? And so a lot of times you're looking at programs that allow some flexibility to the managers and to the individual teams, but give a common thread, right? So I'll give you an example of the recognition programs. You want them to reward for similar values. You don't want to have finance on one set of values and have um, another department on another complete set of values. You want them to use the same values. Now, you might find that one is flexed a little bit more in departments, but you want to make sure there's some common threads. And I think if you do that throughout your programs, your holiday programs, your milestone programs, your, um, you know, how, how you allow people to do one-on-ones, right? There might be some differences, but you want to have that sort of common base from, from which the company at large is building its culture. And that's me what's the HR team, the HRC job is to A, empower their leaders to build those, that culture and to make sure at a broad, at a, at a broad, uh, Span that you've got some common ways of of building that culture. I couldn't agree with you more, Kwesi. I actually I think that it the HR team can help to build the framework for leaders and managers, right, and set some guardrails, uh, and then empower those leaders and managers with the tools and hopefully a budget to be great. You know, a lot of managers want to be great managers, but they feel like they don't have the tools and they don't have a budget to say, uh, you know, thank you to someone when they go above and beyond. And uh, they're first line of sight into what's going on at the organization. So um, if we're not supporting our managers to be great, people are going to leave. If you want to build a truly aligned culture, Check out Culture is the Ultimate Advantage, our free guide to creating a culture where your people feel seen, heard, and valued. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to follow us so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to recognize someone for a job well done today. Mucho gusto.